won't be a second. I'm just going to switch this to, to over that way because it's blowing my papers off the, uh, off the desk here. Anyway, good morning, Stonycroft Church. Good morning. Good to see you on this hot day. I was thinking, talk to Mark, some of the hot church buildings have been in around the world over the years. Um, right, if you're wanting the full and final expert explanation of greed, what it is, where it is, how we can deal with it, uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Um, life is a mystery, an incredible mystery, and even with the love and hope of God, much of it is still a mystery. But if we can help each other to ask questions, as Mark was saying, even after our time together, to explore greed and its effect in the world. You might have seen this slide earlier. I want it and I want it now. Do you know who this is? Do you recognise the character? Veruca yeah. Salt. Salt. I want it now. Don't care how I want it now. We've got this question in our world today. Is greed bad? Or is it just having a, a strong personality? I won't mention names and start controversies, but there's some very powerful leaders who've been elected in democracies, because they strong and even admired, but their lives are often characterised by greed for money and for power. But people seem to like it. I want to introduce another leader. The guy on the left is my dad, no longer with us. Sam said, bring in personal stories. So I thought, I'll bring in my family. Um, my mum and dad are no longer with us. Um, can anyone recognise me? Yeah, the man who was All right, we, we talked about that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tie ties then and I can't now. This, this was our school uniform in junior school. But uh, no, I thank, thank the Lord for my dad and his example. Uh, man, when you've got six lads, no girls, but six lads, you've got to be generous and giving. Um, but uh, we learn so much from our homes. And sometimes people who live in a single family, a, a single child, often the world focuses around them and it can lead them to be quite self-centered. Um, in our family, we had to share everything. This is a reminder, um, my brother Peter, you know, he didn't wear, nothing wrong with wearing red uh, nail varnish, but I remember one meal, he counted out the peas that each of us had on our plates to make sure that no one had more peas than, than the other brothers. Um, he's gone on to be a, a lovely, generous man, lives down in Bristol and doing a lot to help people there. So how do we cope as followers of Jesus with greed? First of all, we've got to look at our own, our friends, our family, businesses, and world politicians. And like I said, we haven't got all the answers, but let's start asking some of the questions rather than looking the other way. What is the powerful mix of driving forces in our lives? 
Let's meet Veruca. So that's greed. That's greed sorted out. We decide whether people are good or bad. If they're bad, then if life was so simple. Do you recognise either of these two handsome guys? No guesses? Okay, we've been dealing with them for a few weeks and their influence on our theme. Okay, the handsome guy on the left is Pope Gregory I. So he was living about 1,500 years ago, and he's one of the people who popularised this list of seven deadly sins. And the handsome guy with the golden hat on the right, who's doing some writing, that's Thomas Aquinas. And he um, did further work on this list. And importantly... He looked at a list of virtues, and I think that's one of the things we've got to take away, that we don't always look at the, the greed, the negative side, and say, so, he's greedy, oh, she, the things she's done, and that, them, and what we read in the newspapers. What we want to do is make a change. Jesus wants us to transform the world. So he looked at the virtues 
that can be different in our lives. I don't know if anyone was awake during their history classes when they were younger. Um, the guy on the left, Pope Gregory, uh, came up with this line. I don't know whether you can read, anyone here read in Latin? Or we've got, we've got a translation here on the right. They are not angles, but angels if they were Christian. Any idea what that was about? Do you remember it in history classes? I'm sure in your history books. Okay, well, Pope Gregory went to... uh, He was born in Rome, incredibly rich, and incredibly rich families had loads of slaves. And he went to a slave market, as you do, and he saw some young men from Britannicus, that's where we live now, and he said, these young men are angels, not angles, um, because all the young men were uh, uh, people who've been around here for centuries uh, from often Anglo-Saxon roots. And this triggered a major uh, mission of the church, and a guy called Augustine came to Britain, and he settled at Canterbury in Kent. And that's how uh, the word of God came to us in Britain. How the good news came to us. What we've got a question is, why were the slaves? <laughs> and what was this guy doing in the slave market? <coughs> You're going to try and be detectives. Looking at greed. Do you remember the TV detective programs? Look at means, motive, and opportunity. Nobody watches the detective programs. That's what they always talk about. It's not just being a greedy person. Greed is often hidden and complicated. So you've got to look for means, motive, and opportunity. What motivates greed and crossing boundaries? When people say, no, I won't do that, that might hurt someone. Or, no, that is defrauding the people of Britain, hundreds of millions of pounds, if I do this working for my trading bank. It seems so complicated for us. Uh, Have we got any accountants here? No accountants here. So we've got to trust other people, but there's no such thing as a victimless crime. And when you read in the newspapers or see on the TV that millions of pounds have been defrauded from us, people have avoided paying tax, it means we have less money for our schools, social services, our hospitals. Uh, So although it's complicated, we've got to find leaders, including church leaders, who will challenge Uh, the things that go on. Much of real, raw life remains a mystery. And I think the worst thing is indifference. When we say, well, it happens. We're not going to do anything about it. This is real life, not a TV script. Again, they often say real, serious crime and murder 
involves three things. The greed for money, power, and sexual intimacy. So here's a guy that we can learn from. A guy called Nathan. He's a prophet. And he gives us a glimpse of brutal real life. You can find him in Samuel. I think it's the second book of Samuel. Uh, chapter 2. So Nathan had the courage to confront a powerful and very far from perfect king and leader who had taken advantage of a vulnerable woman and arranged, already arranged the execution of many people, not just Uriah in this story. It is a real challenge for us today and over the centuries where Christian churches have relied on patronage from governments, powerful leaders, and struggled whether to confront them about the greed that their leaders are using or to stay silent. And we've got that challenge even now. Um, There's a bill going through Parliament called the Illegal Migration Bill. Um, But it's going to affect not people who are here with us now, and we've got many people who are seeking asylum here in place of safety here in Britain, but future people who need sanctuary, who need safety. And this law, many, many Christians, including leaders in the Salvation Army, believe this is a bad law, it's badly put together, and it needs to be challenged. And lots of people, powerful people, people in the media don't like that. So do we confront or do we ignore the brutality and abuse of power? Well, back to our story. A woman named Bathsheba, many of you will be familiar with it, was a wife of a foreign mercenary soldier, Uriah, in the pay of a king in his capital city, Jerusalem. She had very little choice to say no to David's sexual advances. This King David, the the man who was linked to the psalm we were singing earlier today, Psalm 148, his name is linked to it, inspiring it. And what's happened today, if it came to a court of law, may well be considered as a case of rape. We can't interview the eyewitnesses, so uh, we can't take it further. What I'm going to say, sexual attraction is not wrong. Any of us, men and women, can find hundreds of people at work, shopping on the bus, attractive. Relax, it's, it's a natural thing. It's a God-given thing. I think it was Billy Graham, the evangelist, said, sexual intimacy is good. It's from God. Without it, none of us would be here. (laughs) But it's what we choose to do about our attractions. I remember talking years ago, a friend, what we call the 10-second rule. So two fellows would say, well, we'd find 
someone walking past, really attractive, but only not spend ages, hours looking at them, thinking, obsessing about them. Just say, within that 10 seconds, well, there's a wonderful bit of God's creation, but I'm not going there because I'm in a committed relationship to Lynn or this person's my boss at work or all sorts of reasons why it's not appropriate. David, in the story, having abused a woman, then further abused his power to cover up his actions, to silence her husband Uriah. And so, I want it and I want it now, rule the day. And this is our dilemma. We're talking about the same guy who was writing, involved in the writing of those psalms that inspire us day by day, week by week. And it's potential for greed to uh, overcome people. It's distorts sexuality. Prostitution and abusive trafficking was something that William and Catherine Booth in the 1800s challenged. I think a good friend of theirs, they, they took up a court case and one of them was even sent to prison. William Booth's son, Bramwell, I think it is, narrowly escaped going to prison because they were trying to point out that sexual trafficking of girls was happening in Britain. And many people turned away and they didn't want to face it. This greed was ruling their lives. Sadly, many people are still frightened to report sexual harm and abuse as adults and live behind a wall of silence. I would say anything today and any other talks we have, if anything stirs up something, some difficult memories, difficult issues, please, 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 don't live behind a wall of silence, but speak to somebody. It's my prayer that we pray that our churches with growing openness and understanding can be healing communities alongside specialist counselling services where there can be a place of rebuilding confidence, trust and acceptance. Greed can involve power. There's immense power of governments and big companies today. Many people's lives here and around the world are damaged by corruption, the expectation that bribes will be paid if you want this contract. Massive funds are paid to political parties to stay in power. Who will speak up? Who will help? Please pray for wisdom for all Salvation Army leaders in this country and around the world. This is a very dangerous place. You might hear, you might get uh, pilloried in the press, but many countries you can lose your lives, be imprisoned uh, if you challenge those who are greedy for power. 
came across adverts looking for this, how to earn £42,000 and pay absolutely no tax at all. That sounds brilliant, doesn't it? You know, there's more money to spend on holidays, on the kids and, you know, getting older. Actually, tax is good. Well, hasn't always been... In Jesus' day, he was talking about a poll tax, tax on each person. Uh, and that was paying for the invading Roman army, which was not so good. And you remember that the local tax collectors, remember the story of Zacchaeus? You're familiar with that? Of how he realised his greed and he wanted to change. And we have a God who's into fresh starts. So if you've got anything, including at work, when you've been involved in greed, in changing things, uh, uh, altering records, bribes, anything, that we can have a fresh start, get some advice, talk to people, even talk to the police. I think it's called whistleblowing. And it's very necessary. And it's something that Christians, following the way of Jesus, should think about. Temple tax was collected among Jews. But today's taxes here, remember they pay for our hospitals, courts, schools, and police. Here in the little cartoon, we've got taxpayers, and I'm sure when you get your pay slip through and you see all oh, that tax going out and that national insurance, I've got very little money left. Living with the high cost of living is a challenge. But remember, those taxes go for our hospitals, schools and courts, all the important things. And we should be challenging, and it's complex, but we should challenging big, big companies who are taking money out <coughs> of not just Britain, but... Uh, countries like Africa, in countries in Zimbabwe, Kenya, it dramatically affects their money for helping people provide essential services. If companies, I won't name names, you can explore them for yourselves or we can have a discussion group, are diverting taxes. It's complex, but this is greed. So it looks a lot of the negative sides of these deadly sins. But don't see them as always bad things. Power can be used in good leadership. It's honest and transparent and accountable. Money can build hospitals, can be shared across the world equally, so that we're not just keeping it in Britain, uh, an incredibly wealthy, we feel we're struggling, but incredibly wealthy country compared with so many. And Billy Graham, remember he reminds us, we wouldn't be here without sex. But sexuality, and again it's encouraging discussion, has been hijacked by the media. Um, I'm glad I haven't got teenagers, especially a teenage daughter. Um, Helen's in a 38 now, but the world she's living, where there's so much greed and distortion uh, about, we should be valuing people for who they are, their personalities, 
not for uh, physical um, being objectified. We haven't got all the answers, but let's explore them together. Concentrate on the positive virtues. In our households, communities and workplaces. This is the important thing. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. When we're looking at that, exploring it together, talking about it, discussing it, there is much less space for greed. Let's replace greed with generosity and respect. Let's replace indifference with compassion. Let's replace bullying and manipulation and domination and misuse of power with true service. Sadly, if you look in the media, the troubles with the greed amongst people who are Christian leaders, where they've abused their power for sometimes money, (coughs) sometimes (coughs) sexual favours, Um, and we can't shut our eyes to it it's a reality of what's happening and it needs to be replaced by loving our neighbour as we love ourselves it's important to help us in our journey people that we can be helpfully honest with and perhaps on reflection our own range of drives and desires that we're struggling to understand. Sometimes we've got areas of our lives when we're greedy for power, money, that uh, we need to take to God and grow as a community in, in helping one another be a place of sharing. Remember our story? Uh, it was a while ago. Liz read it for us about the man who had the harvest. Really, really good harvest. He had very good soil. And uh, the message was, actually his harvest wasn't so much his hard work, but God-given rain and God-given good soil. And perhaps his father had been a farmer beforehand, so he'd inherited it. So this wasn't necessarily his work. He'd just inherited the goodness. So he's going to put it, tear down his barns and build a massive one and he's going to have a party. But that very night he dies in his sleep, just like that. And the birds eat all that corn, the rabbits dig up the carrots, his cabbages go to seed. And the big barn stands empty. And the rich farmer never gets to enjoy his money. Do we feel sorry for him? Poor man. Jesus says, how silly it is for a man to spend his whole life storing up riches in all sorts of ways for himself. And to God, he is a poor man. So let's pray together as we close. Lord, help us, each one of us, to have a better understanding of ourselves, 
not to be frightened or in denial of our own unpredictable drives that can make anyone self-centred and greedy. Lord, help us to be a church community that will compassionately help each other with our own struggles of pride and greed by learning generosity and service. Let's not just say the words, but live them. Let's not just sing them, but transform our lives and our community through them. Lord, help us to wisely deal with what seems frequently selfish and challenging motives of others in our neighbourhood, our workplaces, even amongst our family. Lord, give us time and opportunity to be positive, to be salt and light, to be witnesses of your kingdom. Amen.